I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. So how do we pray the prayer of intercession? Let's look at our text from 1 Corinthians 14, 15. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. We talked about how there are times when we need to stir ourselves up in prayer. And then we also talked about times when the Holy Spirit himself gives us the burden in prayer. Those prayer assignments are downloaded by the Holy Spirit. But more often than not, I have found that I have to stir myself up. So that's what this scripture is saying when it says, I will pray with the Spirit, I will pray. So it's by an act of our will. But let's go a bit further. He said, so how do we pray? There's two ways of praying the prayer of intercession. Number one is with your understanding. Number two, by praying in the Holy Ghost. So let's talk about with your understanding first. Praying with your understanding and intercession. This is what... The easiest way for me to explain it is you can see a person's need and you know that they have this particular need and instead of going before the throne of God and praying that need over and over and over again, which would not be an accurate way to pray, what we need to do is we need to take their need to the word of God And that's what we present before the throne room of grace. So we don't want to pray the problem over and over and over and over again and think that we're going to get prayer results. We have to pray the word of God. Find a promise that meets that person's need. Agree with God's word. And that's what you present before the throne of grace. Okay, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11, that the word of God, when you pray the word of God, does not return unto him void. It will accomplish, it will produce, it'll produce fruit in their lives. Number two, Jeremiah 1, 12 says, God said, I will hasten my word to perform it. So when you pray the word of God, God hastens his word to, per- to perform it. You're praying his word. You're praying his law. You're going before the throne of God as a lawyer, and you're using the word of God to cause your prayers to be fruitful. Number three, Psalms 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word, and he healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. So in prayer, as an intercessor, as an intercessor, as you pray the word of God, the word of God goes forth, doesn't return void. God hastens his word and it produces results. And it can bring healing, safety, deliverance, whatever the need is, God's word has the answer. 
Matthew 8, 8, we find that someone came to Jesus and said, listen, I'm a man under authority, and I know that you're a man under authority. What I need for you to do is just speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. So when we pray, we need to pray the word of God. We shouldn't pray our own opinion. We shouldn't pray what we think in our heads. What we need to do is pray the word of God. As a matter of fact, if we start praying our own opinion or what we think a person needs or we think a person should have, I would actually call that spiritual witchcraft. That is praying your will on somebody else. And we don't want to do that. We want to pray the word of God and pray his will would be done on their behalf. Job 22:28 says, you will decree a thing and it shall be established. Making declarations in prayer, using our, 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 our own natural language and making declarations in prayer. And those prayers avail much because the word of God does not return void. Now, in, 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 as you enter into intercession, let's say you're praying for a particular person or individual. What I always want to know is this. Are they saved? Are they a child of God? Or are they not a child of God? And you may say, well, why, would, why does that even matter? Well, it matters because if they're a born-again believer, then God, the Holy Ghost, lives on the inside of them. And the Holy Ghost can work from the inside out. But if they're not born again, they don't have, they don't have the Holy Ghost living in them. They are in another kingdom. They have a different father. And so, therefore, God can convict and convince their heart of their need for Jesus because he does work with the heart. But it's just, just something that I like to know when I enter into prayer. Are they saved or are they not saved? Because it does make a difference. Okay? Now, let's talk about scriptures we can pray for someone who's already born again. Uh, I want to go, first of all, to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, this is a beautiful scripture that you could pray for a person that is saved, that may be a Christian, that isn't, um, you know, they may have gotten born again, and that's as far as they've taken their Christianity. Well, if you, des if you, if, you know, God desires that we come to maturity. He desires that we continue to grow. And if you see that they're not growing and that they need a little help in prayer with growing in the knowledge of God, Here's a good prayer that you can pray for them. Ephesians 1, uh, 6. No, I'm sorry. Ephesians 1, 16. Verse 15, I'm sorry. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the love for all the saints. Now notice, he heard of their faith. Notice he said, in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints. Notice that they were Christians. They were saved. They'd come to the knowledge of the truth. But Paul didn't stop praying for them. He didn't just stop praying for them now that they got saved. You know, I think believers need to come to maturity. They need to grow in God and grow in grace and continue to, to develop, so to speak, in the things of the Spirit. So they didn't stop praying. Sometimes I think that's what happens. We get people saved, and then we stop praying for them. Oh, we had that relative finally got saved. Now, you know, now, yay. Well, no, we need to continue in prayer. We need to continue to pray for them. And that's what Paul did here. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, 
making mention of you in my prayers. Where was he making mention of him? In his prayers, in his prayer closet. He was praying for them. He was interceding for them. He was standing in the gap for them. That what? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And then it goes on to say, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. This is a perfect prayer you can pray for a believer. And this is what I would suggest that you do. What you can do is you can insert their name into this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you on the behalf of, of Michael. And Father, I pray that Michael, I, I, I pray that Michael would have a spirit, that you would give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I pray that the eyes of his understanding would be enlightened and that Michael would know what is the hope of his calling. And as you send that word out, and as you pray that word over Michael, the word of God does not return void, but God answers those prayers. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, and God will hasten his word to perform it, and what will happen is, is the Holy Spirit will begin to enlighten Michael's eyes. Now, when we talk about revelation, we're not talking about head knowledge. There's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. What we want Michael to have is we want Michael to have a heart knowledge of who he is in Christ, a revelation of the heart of the Father, a revelation of the scriptures, and that doesn't come through the mind. God is not a mind. God is a spirit, and revelation comes into your spirit. And a lot of us who've been Christians a long time and studied the Bible, we know that there's times when, you know, we could read a scripture, and we're just reading it, and it's just, you know, it, it looks good and we understand it, but then you read that scripture for the hundredth time and suddenly that scripture just jumps out at you and you see something in that scripture that you have not seen before and you go, wow, I never saw that before. Well, what is that? That's revelation knowledge. That's God giving revelation knowledge. Actually, this is a good prayer you can pray for yourself. It's a prayer that I pray often. Lord, open up the eyes of my understanding. That's not intercession. It's praying for myself. But it is an excellent pray, prayer to pray for somebody to have an increase of revelation. As a pastor, you can pray that your congregation, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. As you prepare yourself to teach the word, it's a great prayer for pastors to pray for their people. Father, open up the eyes of my people's understanding. When I speak this word, your word is like a hammer. May it go into the areas of their lives and may it break in pieces some hard ground. Lord, may your word not return void. Your word, Father, is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. May it pierce and divide asunder their soul and spirit and may it go deep down on the inside of them and may it bring revelation to them that will change their life. 
Because when you have revelation on something, it changes your life. You're never the same. Head knowledge isn't going to get anybody anywhere. It's heart knowledge and revelation knowledge that changes people. And only God can change people. If you're living with somebody who's saved, but they're not really walking like they should walk, the best thing you can do is pray this prayer. And I would pray this prayer for them every single day. Because remember that as an intercessor, you can pray these prayers for them continually and with fervency and with importunity. And these prayers will work. Okay? So revelation knowledge. When you have revelation on something, you walk in the light of it. You just understand it. And it seems and sounds so much clearer. The Bible says in Luke 24, 45, um, after the ascension, Jesus appeared to his disciples and he spoke about things that were written concerning him, okay? And, and, and you know, when Jesus walked with the disciples in his, in his earthly ministry, they did not fully understand or comprehend what was going on with Jesus. They did not understand the plan of redemption. They did not understand, they, they understood the miracles. They knew he was the Christ, the son of the living God. At least they got that. Peter got that by revelation, right, from the Father. But they did not fully understand. As a matter of fact, when Jesus started saying he was going to leave them, they were all getting upset. But he said, listen, this is the deal. I'm leaving you, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send someone to help you. I'm going to send the counselor. I'm going to send the intercessor. I'm going to send the teacher, the strengthener, the standby. I'm going to send you another person who is going to abide with you forever, and it's going to be the Holy Ghost. But up till then, Jesus was all those things to them. They had the teacher. They had everything. Now they needed the Holy Ghost. So he comes to them after his ascension, and he starts explaining more things about himself, from Moses to the prophets to Psalms. And, and you know, they were just sitting there listening. And the Bible says, and I love this, it says, And then he opened their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Are you listening? So there's something about when the Holy Ghost gives you wisdom and revelation. And if you're a believer and you read your Bible and it's hard to understand, I would encourage you to pray this prayer over yourself. Or if you know somebody that says, I just don't get the Bible, I just don't get the Bible, I just don't get the Bible, well, pray this prayer over them and God will open their eyes. You see, your spirit, my spirit, their spirit has eyes just like we have eyes here. Our spirit, your spirit, and their spirit has ears just like we have ears here. That's why the Bible says, let, he that, let, he that he, let, them, he, let them hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. He's not talking about these ears. He's talking about hearing right in here. And, and when it comes to seeing, he's talking about seeing right here on the inside. Okay, so this is a great prayer that you can pray for a believer who needs to be strengthened in the word. And, and, I, I just, and, and after a while, what will happen is you'll start to pray these prayers. You'll be reading them, and you'll be putting their names in them. And after a while, you'll be able to quote them. And there's nothing more powerful than praying the word of God over somebody. Forget about, like we said, forget about praying your own will. Forget about praying your opinion. You don't want to pray your opinion. You want to pray the word of God. Okay, here's another scripture that you can pray for a believer. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Here we go again. The Apostle Paul, he's praying for the church, right? The, the, the church at Ephesus. 
And the church at Ephesus was a very mature church in that day and in that hour, but he continued in prayer for them. He didn't stop praying. Just because they reached a certain level, he didn't stop praying for them. He continued in prayer for them. Because there's levels in God. You don't have to just stop at one level in maturity. You can, can go, you, the Bible says you can go from glory to glory to glory to glory. So there's levels. And I, I believe as believers we should never, ever be satisfied where we're at. You know, there should always be a spiritual hunger on the inside of us. So here's a prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. Verse 14. For this reason, I have a reason for my prayer today. Right? For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father. Who was he praying to? He was bowing his knees to the Father. Here's a good visualization in prayer. There's times when I'm standing in the gap on the behalf of somebody else and I'm praying for them that I, I physically get on my knees and I visualize myself bowing my knees before the throne room of grace and I visualize the Father sitting there hearing and listening to my prayers. We've said it before, we'll say it again. It's good to use visualization in prayer. It's good to practice visualization. Why? Because it keeps you engaged. It keeps your mind stayed on Jesus. It keeps your mind in the zone of what you're doing. You know, the Bible says that, that, um, that I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. If you have problems in prayer with keeping your focus, you can control your thoughts. You can control your mind. Practice visualization, and I promise it'll help. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, love this, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I love that too, because we're all part of a big, huge, spiritual family. And one day we're all gonna be in heaven, and one day we're all gonna see who all our brothers and sisters are we've never met before. And that's why we wanna take as many people with us as we possibly can. He said that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and length and depth and height and I pray he said that you would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge and that you would be filled with all the fullness of God now again you can insert somebody's name in here I pray that that Susie would understand and comprehend what the love of God is the height the depth the breadth and the length and just put that person's name in there and you know, do you know that when a person understands the love of God, understands who the Father is, and has that revelation, do you know it will not only change their life, but it'll produce confidence in them? Because the Bible says that perfect love drives out fear. And where people are fearing, it's torment to them. And, and unfortunately, so many people fear God. They don't just have fears in their lives. They fear God. But when they understand the heart of the Father, that the Father loves them, that they're fearfully and wonderfully made, that God uh, treasures them, 
it'll cast out fear and it'll create a confidence in that believer you are praying for like nothing else will. And actually, truly, a revelation of the love of God is really progressive. And sometimes, you know, in a lifetime, we will, not, we will never know, truly, in a lifetime, the love of God. I mean, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that anybody who would believe in him would not go to hell, but would be with him in eternity in heaven. I mean, who can comprehend that kind of love? How do you comprehend it? You can't comprehend it in your head. It can be comprehended in the spirit, but it's comprehended in degrees because the height and the depth and the length and the width of the love of God is so big and so vast, I believe it's going to take all of eternity to ever figure it out if we ever even figure it out. The love of God. The love of God. So you can pray for somebody uh, to have a revelation of the love of God. And if you know somebody that has a lot of fear, a lot of self-doubt, which is actually a projection of insecurity, pray this prayer over them. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that Susie would be rooted and grounded in love. I pray that she would understand your love. You begin to pray this word, and I'm telling you, it won't return void. It'll begin to work. Where will it begin to work? It'll work in her heart. It'll work deep down on the inside of her. And the reality of God's love for her will drive out fear, cast out fear, and she'll begin to walk in a greater confidence. And as a result, she'll have healthier relationships. Because if we don't practice self-love, it affects all of our relationships. Okay? So this is a great prayer to pray for somebody who's got a lot of fears. Um, Colossians. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians 4.12. How do we pray the prayer of intercession? We pray the word of God. Okay? And these are prayers for the believer. Colossians 4.12. Ephra of us, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently for you where in prayer he was laboring where in prayer we said in a prior teaching that the, the intercession the prayer of intercession is a labor of love okay and it is in a sense a kind of prayer that takes effort and work and it's a kind of prayer where you're giving out unlike the prayer of worship where you're just worshiping God and it just feels good this is a kind of prayer at times where it does feel like work when I had a prayer assignment for, for that particular ministry leader I'm telling you I was working in prayer for that man working in prayer and I because I loved him so much I was not gonna give up I was not gonna stop praying until I knew that his need was met but he says here always laboring fervently for you in prayers what was he laboring about that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God so he's praying for him praying for these individuals that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God, that they wouldn't turn to the left or turn to the right, but that they'd stay straight on the path, that narrow path that leads to eternal life, that they'd stand in the will of God and not go aside from it. This is a good prayer you could pray for a believer. Lord, I just pray for, for Jennifer that she would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That word perfect, I, I didn't look it up, but it's, it can't mean what we would think, uh, you know, that we're praying for Jennifer to be perfect. Because there's none righteous, no, not one. Nobody's perfect, right? 
It's not saying that. It has to mean something else in the Greek. What he's saying is that she would stand in the will of God in the destiny that you have called her to walk in. I believe we need to pray that for our kids who are going to college and our kids that have graduated college. That, that they wouldn't just pick a major. No, but Lord, lead, guide, and direct them. May the gifts that you've given them from before the foundations of the earth, before you ever put them in my womb, may those gifts that are inside of them Lord, I pray that they would be led by your spirit and bend toward the gift that they were created to be and not just pick a major out of their head because it's the thing to do. Because we all have our own talents and our own gifts and we need to, and when we, when we, uh, um, when we uh, operate in those gifts, that's when we're the happiest. You know, you hear people all the time, they're, they're in jobs that they hate, they're miserable. Why? Because they're not doing what they're called to do. And being called doesn't have to mean have a public ministry. People can be called to, to make money and called to be an accountant or called to be a lawyer, to defend the widows and the orphans and the poor and the needy. So this is a great prayer to pray for a believer, that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now, that word laboring is the word in the Greek, P-A-N-O-S. And it means to fight. We're talking about the art of intercession. To fight. To struggle. Often an athletic contest refers to toil, labor, distress, suffering, pain. Did you hear that? So he said, I'm laboring fervently for you in prayer. So in prayer, in the spirit, there was, he sensed something going on. Where did he sense it? In his spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So in the spirit, right here on the inside, out of our innermost being, we can sense in intercession the labor, the toil. Sometimes it's a sadness. And he called it laboring. And where did this take place? In prayer. I think we, not to be disrespectful, but I think we have too much of feel-good kind of praying. We don't want to pray the prayer of intercession because at times it requires fervency and labor and it requires identification and intercession and it doesn't always feel good. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, not, a, 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 it's not a feeling in your body. It's a something on the inside in your spirit and it's a burden. But here we see Paul, he said, I'm laboring fervently for you in prayer because I love you. I want to see that you walk in the will of God. I love you like a father, and it's God's desire that, that, you, that I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth. So this is a great prayer to pray. Colossians chapter 1. This is how we pray the prayer of intercession. With the word of God. Take their need to the word. Agree with God's word. And that's what we present before the throne room. Colossians 1, 9 through 11. It says here, For this reason also, since the day we heard it, you know, slam dunk, bottom line, we do not cease to pray for you. We haven't stopped. That's intercession. This is not the prayer of faith. Can you see the difference? We've been building, building in this series. We do not cease to pray for you and to ask. Ask what? 
Remember, we said man is God's avenue in the earth. We have not because we ask not. I don't cease to pray for you, intercession, and to ask that what? That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Here we're praying for revelation again. Amen. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and I'm going to continue in prayer because I'm not done, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul, the Apostle Paul, did not leave anything out. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.